0: Hello, sports fan. Welcome to another edition of Pickin' Pigskin Winners here on the Aaron Torres Media. Hey, this is Pickin' Pigskin Winners with, of course, the guy who is on fire, who picked so many winners last week. John, I, I don't know if you understand what you did last week or not. Uh, he's on Twitter at Legend Sports Seven, but John, you picked a ton of winners last week.
1: Woo, I think this might be it. I might have to ride out. I don't know if you remember that old uh, episode of Seinfeld with George Costanza when he made a good joke, he would leave. He would say, that's it. I'm out of here. I'm leaving on a high note. I mean, 11 and five against the spread. That's 68.75%. That's unheard of. Maybe they pick like that on Mars, but not here on Earth.
0: Yeah, I, and, and honestly, I, you and I were talking uh, at some point throughout this week or yesterday, and and you're like, "How do I do?" I, did I I only miss these games, right? And I started telling you, "Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. I, my my page is so messed up. I was so sick last week, John. But week number two, I am back at it. I am happy to be here on picking pigskin winners. Uh, so thankful that the boss has put us on his his network, Aaron Torres Media. Uh, it's it's just a wonderful honor to be there. You can find all these things at AaronTorresOnline.com. Tons of articles. John writes. Articles. J.B. Barry writes articles. Uh, Montgomery writes articles over there, and of course, the boss, Aaron Torres himself, puts out an article, puts out a podcast. So many things going on over there at Aaron Torres Media at aarontorresonline.com, torres John, great fun to be a part of it.
1: Yes, it's a blast. I, I have one out today actually, which is a uh, fantasy report on the three main rookie quarterbacks: Trevor Lawrence, my guy Zach Wilson, and yeah. New England Patriots Mac Jones. So check it out, Aaron Torres Online, John Frisella at Legend Sports Seven.
0: You can find me on Twitter at Loafinit, Wes Easley over there on Twitter. John, we got to get into week number two. We only have an hour. There's a ton of games. Seems like there's a million games each and every week now. <laughs> but but week number two is uh, – it, it, it's very difficult, I've heard, to pick games in week number two. And maybe it's because we kind of get brainwashed from the events that transpired in week number one. And I think that this might – the very first game might be one of those things. It opened up – the game total opened up at 43 Washington was favored at minus three, and of course Fitzpatrick went down. We saw the Giants' offense just kind of spitter, kind of sputter, and made Teddy Bridgewater look really good. I don't know if they're going to make Heineke look good this year. Uh, I say Heineke. Didn't I say it is? Is, is it Heineke or Hinky? Yeah, no, that's no Heineke. That's good. I got confused because the, the beer I think was named Heineke. I, I got so I confused myself. <laughs> but but now look at look at what happened though. Fitzpatrick goes down. The game total went down from forty three down to 40 and a half on DraftKings sportsbook, John. Can you believe 40 and a half for an NFL game? I'm thinking mm-hmm. the two defenses even if they have terrible offensive play, can score 14 points. You know, that I could see two touchdowns by by you know, both defenses uh, score a touchdown. It's uh, this game total is 40 and a half.
1: Yeah, 40 and a half and I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that you know, Washington has some big names on offense for fantasy yeah. purposes like Antonio Gibson like McLaurin, like Logan Thomas, who had a good starting game. However, their game was 20 to 16, right, against the Chargers. So because we know Washington has a good young athletic defense, and the Giants at this point are totally known for their defense, I think it's when you put these two together in a division battle, you end up with a low over under like 40 and a half.
0: Well, you know, yes. And let me tell you, Saquon Barkley are all pro. Katie Galladay is on the other side. And I look at the two quarterbacks, and I'm like, okay, well, they'll, they'll at least account for those 14 points by throwing interceptions for touchdowns. So I I like this game. I love the over in this game, John. I love the over in this game. As far as who's going to win it, I, I, your guess is as good as mine, to be honest with you.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I, I have to take Washington. I'll tell you, this would have been an easy one had the percentage been high out the gate on the Giants, right? Or vice okay. versa, right? Mm-hmm. You you might think the Giants were so bad in week one that it would be reversed. Maybe it would be 70% on Washington. However, it's 52-48. Now, listeners, we're recording here on Tuesday, which is part of picking pigskin winners. We like to get the lines fresh. Sometimes the movement of the lines later in the week could be very confusing and throw off your picks. So if you're hot from what you saw on Sunday and you have a good read on the early lines, this is a way to do it right here. On pick and skin winner, so it's fifty-two forty-eight. It's a split. It's a coin flip. So had it been seventy percent on Washington, I would have taken the Giants because everybody's down on the Giants. However, that's not the case. Like you said, if Fitz goes down, it looks like people are not interested in Washington. So I gotta say, in this game, it's a quarterback matchup, and Heineke showed us a lot last year yes. in the playoffs, and you know what? He played pretty decent coming in for fits in game one. So if I got a pick between Daniel Jones and Heineke, knowing that both of these defenses are solid, and now we're just talking about quarterbacks, I'm going to go with Heineke. So my first pick of the day is going to be the Washington football team.
0: Well, I put Washington down too. I already filled out all my sheet here. I I know I got Washington as well, but my really love of this one is the... Over, I like the over. All right, New Orleans versus Carolina. This is a goofy one. You talked about where the public money's coming in, and right now, seventy-two percent on the New Orleans Saints, and and this is one of those down where I think people do fall in love with what they saw last week. But I, I, I don't think that I completely believe. I'm not buying into New Orleans. I'm not buying into Jameis Winston here. The the game total started out at forty-seven and a half. It has dropped to forty-four. New Orleans was favored by two. Now they're favored by three and a half. Jameis Winston last week did a a great job. Did a great job. But he was only 14-20 for 178 yards. That's not that impressive. Five touchdowns. He did run the ball, Mm. though, six times for 37 yards. John, should I be believing more in Jameis Winston and the New Orleans Saints?
1: Uh, I think on the whole, over the course of the season, yes. Because I'm sticking with my initial pick. Right? So as you guys and gals know... We did the preview shows, the NFC over-unders, the AFC over-unders. I did pick the Saints for 10 wins, even though Drew Brees is retired. So over the course of the year, I'm going to buy in because they're going to play defense like they did. They held Green Bay to three points. They got a veteran presence there. I'm not worried about them. They're going to keep their team in the game with their defense. And if you notice, like you said, uh, Jameis Winston was treated like Taysom Hill. In this mm-hmm. game, he, w- he became the same guy almost minus not as much scrambling and as many gadget plays as you would see from a Taysom Hill. But in terms of the conservative throws and the quick throws, he was playing almost like Mac Jones, right? Mac Jones was a rookie with the Patriots. He Winston was playing the same game. Let's let's get the snap. Let's get it out quickly to our playmakers. Uh, we don't want any sacks. We don't want any interceptions. So I think they are going to play the game manager type style and try to keep the scores close and kind of bank on their coaching over the course of the year. However, in this game opening up at 71% on the Saints, only 29 on Carolina, who looked pretty darn good against my Jets, even though it's Sam Donald, who I always make fun of. He had a solid three quarters and a bad fourth quarter uh, against the Jets. I think 71 is too high out the gate, right? Carolina's defense is fast. They're young, they're hungry on the defensive side. McCaffrey looks 100% healthy. They have Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore as well. So I think at the 29% and it's a home game, I got to go with Carolina in game two on our schedule.
0: Okay, you're going Carolina. I wrote down New Orleans. That 72% did want to make me jump off of them because, uh, you know, some of those some of those old mantras of uh, running away from wherever the public is it mm-hmm. did did end up coming true last week a little bit. You know, I mean, they they just do. They, they're they're solid and they're there for a reason. So I want to r- run away from the public, but I I do think uh, that New Orleans will be able to squeak this one out against Carolina, and that three and a half is not that much. If it goes up much higher than that, though, I, I'm 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 going to be scared about that. And let me just say, uh, Sean Payton, I, I know you listen to the program, Sean, over here picking Pickskin winners on Aaron <laughs> Torres Media. And, and Sean, I will never doubt you again. All right. I'm just not going to doubt you again. You did a great job adjusting to the talent that you had, and you really brought out something in Jameis Winston that I didn't think that I would ever be able to see from him from what I saw his last year in Tampa Bay and the couple of snaps that he got last year. So my hat's off to Sean Payton.
1: So you're, you're saying, as usual, you're going to go along with uh, my general consensus, which was we buy into the program of the team before the season, not the individuals. And you got it. You got the proof right there, right off the bat with that dominant performance that this team came in 100 percent prepared on all three facets, special teams included, and they dominated the game. That comes from the top with Sean Payton and the coaching staff. So Saints are looking good long term this week. I'm going to go with Carolina, though.
0: All right, Cincinnati versus my Chicago Bears, John. I don't like the outlook of this game. The game total started at 45. It is still at 45. Chicago was favored by four points uh, at at the opening of this of uh, the Vegas lines, and now DraftKings has them at favored uh, minus two and a half points, minus two and a half right now. John, I don't like the trend. I don't like this is where this is going. If as a Bears fan, but I do see. Cincinnati all in this game. I think that they can light it up. Chicago's letting up big plays left and right to the Rams. The Rams are running all over them, throwing all over them, and Cincinnati can do it. Joe Burrow has found his healing potion for his knee.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I mean we have one of the main indicators coming right out the gate, which was the line that opened that four as a favorite for the bears and has now dropped to two and a half on multiple sites. And of course, our DraftKings King uh, we'd like to use their lines. So with the line dropping already very quickly early in the week, uh, I'm going to go with you on this one. I like Cincinnati uh, to cover the spread in this game. And I'll tell you the thing. I just don't think there's a such thing as a revenge game for Andy Dalton. I don't think it exists. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't think you could say, hey, let's light a fire under the red (laughs) rifle unless it was eight years ago. You know what I mean? Eight years ago, you could light a fire against him and maybe he'll get you 320 yards and a few touchdowns. I don't think you can get that now. Right. So I I think Cincinnati, they showed enough in the first game. And how about the toughness from the Mm -hmm. Bengals? Because they had that game in the bag. They coughed it up, and they had enough left in the tank and enough mental fortitude to pull it out at the end. So I think after pulling out that win against Minnesota, who's a much better team than Chicago, I think Cincinnati has enough confidence to go two and zero here.
0: I, you know, and 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 Minnesota did a good job. Uh, the Bears have a comparable defense, I would want to say, to uh, the the Minnesota Vikings, if not a little bit better. But here's what I see: Cincinnati. Cincinnati was just able to light it up against the Vikings, and I don't know that the Bears can necessarily stop that because I do think that they both have those kind of skill sets, and the Bears don't have anybody like a Thielen, like a Jefferson, and who was the new guy? Oh, some, somebody. He had ended up with like nine targets. I can't remember his name, John. I had it written down, and I don't know where that written down is.
1: Yeah, well, the point is in this game, you're going to have the same situation in that there are three receivers that are going to do damage against you, right? Uh-huh. So the Rams there, They brought it in with Van Jefferson, who had a big touchdown over the top uh, in his sophomore year there against the Bears. And, of course, the obvious guys, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, right? So now you go against Cincinnati and you get that big three. You get T. Higgins. Uh, you get Tyler Boyd and you get Jamar Chase, the rookie who looked pretty good out the gate. So you're, you're going into a similar scenario where you don't know if you can match up with the amount of weapons that this team has. Yeah. And the questions about Burrow's injuries and the concerns are a lot less after one week already. And that's what happens. Sometimes you get all the information you need in the first game, just like we did with Dak Prescott in the Dallas game. And you know what? Knock on wood for these guys. Yeah, I'm a Jets fan, but I'm rooting for Dak Prescott. I'm rooting for Burrow. Let's keep these quarterbacks healthy. Let's see some good football.
0: We have the Houston Texans versus the Cleveland Browns. This game opened at 46 points. It's at now at 48 and a half. The Browns were favored by minus 13. DraftKings Sportsbook has, has them now at minus 12. 12-point 12 favorites. John, I don't, I don't know if you remember me telling you this, but the Houston Texans in that locker room, I mean, it's like a me against the world kind of a thing. You know, they, mm-hmm. it's, they're they in there and they're saying, you know, nobody picks us to win. Nobody gives us any credit. We just destroyed the Jacksonville Jaguars last week. But now against the Cleveland Browns, we're not getting any kind of respect whatsoever. So now it's us against the world. Actually, I think you stole that, uh, said that last week, and I'm stealing (laughs) it from you is what I'm doing. (laughs) But I think it's true. Uh, I think it's there. I know Cleveland has an opportunity to bounce back from being beaten and embarrassed again against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, But but Houston Houston really seemed to have a fire in them.
1: Yes, I have a lot to say about Houston, if you don't mind, my friend. I'll tell Please. you one thing. Uh, at Doggy Dog Dan, my good buddy, Dan Tancredi, I've been playing fantasy with him for probably 25 years. One of the best guys out there in terms of knowing stuff. He mentioned to me, why would the Texans cut Kiki QT right before the season, who was one of their young players with upside, uh, yeah. in favor of a veteran roster, right? And at the time, my response was maybe they're going full tank. But, you know, let's keep an eye out and see what's going on with them. I got to tell you, after one week of watching this team play, which I nailed that game, and a lot of people sent me messages, I appreciate you calling that out, that I that I said that early, that everyone was going to be on Jacksonville and Houston was going to surprise and probably blow the doors off them, which they did. However, the point is, I think they built a veteran team here, and they're trying to pull a Jacksonville Jaguars with Blake Bortles. I oh. believe that's what's happening here. I think instead of going into full tank mode, which is what people expected, they said, you know what? We're going to go with Tyrod Taylor. We're going to try not to turn the ball over, right? We're going to bring on these veteran running backs, Mark Ingram, David Johnson, Philip Lindsay. We're going to play full hustle all the time on defense, full hustle. Everybody's on full attack, aggressive, a lot of blitzing, right? And we're going to try to keep these games close, like Jacksonville did with Bortles when Jalen Ramsey was in his prime, when Allen Robinson was in his prime. They made it to the Final Four with a team that had no business being there. So not that Houston could do that, but I think that's what the plan is. I think they've decided, let's go veteran and hmm. lean on that, and we're going to surprise teams. So with all that being said, initially, I was like, you know what? The Browns are going to bounce back and blow the doors off Houston. But yesterday, it was like 65 to 67% on Cleveland. Now it's already dropped to 59 So this game might be a 50-50 split uh, by the time we get to the kickoff. So with that being said, I'm going to take the Texans with the points to cover the spread. They will not win the game, but I think the Houston Texans will cover the spread.
0: I like that. You know, all of them coming in there with chips on their shoulders. Right, Mm -hmm. all of them with chips on their Mm -hmm. shoulders and something to prove. No respect, and so maybe that'll end up uh, panning out for us. And I do. That's a that's a big point total for Cleveland to be able to cover, especially against a bunch of angry old dudes. You know what I mean? Isn't that what you said?
1: Angry old dudes. Yeah, I mean, I didn't say quite like that, but that's what it is. It's like you know what? We have a bunch of pros on this roster that have been around the block. By the way, how about Mark Ingram getting like 25 carries out the (laughs) gate after he couldn't even get a touch on the Ravens because they had Dobbins and Gus Edwards last year, which I actually thought he still looked pretty good. So I was surprised that they didn't use him more last year when the year before he was actually the key running back for Baltimore. So now Houston identified that. They said, you know what? He's got something left in the tank. He's going to be our number one guy so far. And he had a strong, solid game. So between Tyron and Ingram, that's some veteran leaders on the offensive side.
0: The Los Angeles Rams traveled to the Indianapolis Colts and the Rams were favored by one and a half points after Sunday's performance against the Chicago Bears on Sunday night. Now the line has moved up to three and a half points on the Los Angeles Rams. The game total, though, John, has dropped. It started at 49. DraftKings Sportsbook has them listed at 47 and a half. John, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but I'll tell you what. I'm going to put all my eggs and my cookies into the Los Angeles Rams basket until they prove me wrong.
1: Yeah, this time I'm going to have to go with you, my friend, because you know, right, again, we have to remind people on the show, right, we're only on once a week, Pick a Pigskin Winners, we got to bring up the key points over and over again. You cannot just go against the public every time and think you're going to win. Right. Y- will it work? Maybe 55% of the time, which is a nice percentage in betting. Sure, 55, 56, 57%, something like that. However, long term, if you you stick with one strategy, you're going to get burnt. So here we have one where out the gate 80% on the Rams, which we expected, right? That's a given. After the way that they played in the first game, we knew against Indianapolis, who struggled, it was going to be a high number. But guess what? I'm going to go with you, partner, because it opened at one and a half, right? And now on and DraftKings Sportsbook, it's three and a half. On other books, it's four. So with the line going up and up, I think the Rams are the quality, high-class team here. Indianapolis, you know, that Seattle defense is nothing to write home about, and they just could not get anything going. Jonathan Taylor looked like he was running in mud. He was stuck in the ground. Uh, was not impressed by Indianapolis at all in the first game. Maybe they hung around for the first quarter, and that was it. They kind of disappeared. So I, unfortunately, at 80 percent, have to take the Rams because they're the better team on both sides of the ball. And you said it right, my friend until they prove us. Otherwise I think they're going to win this game by at least a touchdown.
0: I'm with you there. All right, next one. Uh, and, and let me remind everybody, they are listening to Pickin' Pigskin Winners here on Aaron Torres Media. You can find us over at AaronTorresOnline.com. We're on all kinds of, you know, the iTunes, we're on Google, we're on Spotify, we're on all those things. And also, I want to remind you to make AaronTorresOnline.com a part of your daily habit, a part of your daily ritual. Tons of articles being written over there, some by J.B. Barry. some by John Frisella himself. David Montgomery has articles up there. J.B. Barry even has a podcast. What is it? The, 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 DFS flash podcast. I like that name. It's a, that, that fits JP just so perfectly, John. And you can make sure that you follow John Frisella at legend sports seven. As these lines change and everything over on Twitter, he's going to let you know what he sees a little bit more clearly as the week moves on it, just in case anything changes a lot. And listen, listen, John, every weekend, one of the things I love now, because I, I know Aaron Torres now, and I get to follow him on Twitter and one of the things I love is whenever on College Football Saturday, he starts tweeting out stuff because I'm always like, oh, oh, Aaron, Aaron knows some inside information here. You know what I mean? And and you can follow him over on Twitter as well. Aaron Torres. But he he's the boss over at Aaron Torres online, you know, that, that he's the boss and we get to follow him. And I love following him on Saturdays.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the guy you want to go to for your college sports, not just your college football, but also your college basketball. Uh, speaking of college basketball, by the way, yeah, Jay Wright on one of the top coaches in the entire country in college athletics was on with AT. So uh, we do have the inside scoop here at Aaron Torres online for college sports. And I do have to make one uh, particular Wes Easley correction. You referred to Austin Montgomery, who's a Montgomery live on Twitter as David Montgomery from the Bears. So so, uh, it's not David Montgomery from the Bears as much as we'd like to have him on our team at Aaron Torres online. He's going to play for the Bears this year. He's not going to play for us.
0: I even wrote down David Montgomery. I was very impressed, though, by David Montgomery on uh, against the Rams on Sunday night. That guy was running with purpose and strength and power. He has my heart. He, he had my heart at the end of last season whenever I I felt like he really carried us to the playoffs and we really leaned on him. And so maybe I just have David Montgomery on my mind. Hey, but no, Austin Montgomery is one of those guys. I've, I've connected with him on Twitter a couple of different times and we DM back and forth. I look forward to having Austin on the program at some point here over the next couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And back to David Montgomery, I think the key thing with him is the way he slimmed down in the last couple of years. And I'll tell you, one guy who's going to need to do that it's a hot name right now in conversation is Zach Moss, who was a healthy scratch for the mm. Buffalo Bills He's supposed to be this big fantasy uh, possible sleeper in the red zone. The guy's too slow. He's got to he's got to watch some tape and study some David Montgomery because David Montgomery was <laughs> the same way as a rookie. And now look at him. He's lean and mean and he's a fighting machine.
0: I know you watch every game. And I try to. I I just thought, you know, I'm living in the teenage world and the six-year-old world right now. So I don't, but I get a chance. What I definitely get a chance to do is go back and read the Mm play-by-plays of each and every game on on this little app that I have. And so I get to read every play. And so I kind of put myself in the game and I watch what happens. And I did that with the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Houston Texans. And let me tell you what I, what I found out about the Jacksonville Jaguars, John, Mm Mm-hmm. They stink. That's what I found out, okay? (laughs) They're they're playing against the Denver Broncos this week. This line started out, listen to this one, minus two and a half. The Denver Broncos were favored by two and a half points. The line has moved on DraftKings Sportsbook all the way up to Denver being favored by six points. John, That is a huge move already. (laughs) That is a huge move. And uh, the game total started out at 43 and a half. It's now at 45. Once again, I'm putting all my eggs in whoever's carrying the basket outside of Jacksonville, whoever they're playing against, I'm going to say that that's a winner. That's a winner. That six kind of scares me a little bit. But then I thought about it and I'm like, man, Denver's got a better defense than the Texans, surely. So I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos on this one.
1: Woo, here comes Tricky Johnny coming out Um, of the woods. You would think Uh, it's pretty obvious to take Denver in this game, the way Jacksonville looked, especially knowing that I pounded the under for Jacksonville for the season. So that was exactly right. Right. That's going to hit any way you look at it by the end of the year. And also I had Houston in week one, but I'm coming out and I'm switching in week two because it's only 25% on Jacksonville. And I'll yep. tell you the early report is urban Meyer said, we ain't throwing this ball 51 times. That ain't happening again. I can tell you that. So that's a good sign for betters that you're going to see a lot of James Robinson. So let's talk about DraftKings, not just sportsbook, also your salaries and your daily fantasy plays. So James Robinson looking good this week. And I don't know if Jacksonville can win because, again, Teddy Bridgewater, like we always say, he's going to help you hang around until maybe you win one with a field goal or you get that late touchdown or something to get you the uh, four to five, six point edge at the end of the game. So I don't know if Jacksonville is going to win this one straight up, but I think that line movement is what helps us here. So I, I think Denver's going to win this by a field goal, which means we have to go with Jacksonville. They're going to run the clock out in this game they're going to run it, run it, run it. If they got to go to Carlos Hyde as well, they'll go to Carlos Hyde. So they're going to change strategies. They're not going to throw it a million times. I'm going to take Jacksonville to lose the game by three points, cover the spread by
0: three points as well. Okay. Okay. I can see that tricky, Johnny. I like that tricky, Johnny. All right. Hey, Buffalo Bills versus the Miami Dolphins. This one started out where the Buffalo Bills were favored by two and a half points. It's now at three and a half points on the favorite Buffalo Bills. This game total has stayed the same at 48 and a half. John, tell me your thoughts about this Buffalo team that was a little bit disappointing on Sunday mm-hmm. against the Miami Dolphins. Well, I'll tell you
1: one thing. You always reference, no offense, my partner, at loafing at West Easley. You always reference the Buffalo defense as a strong defense. I disagree. I believe it's a strong number of individuals, right, mm-hmm. Travis White and a couple other guys. I do not believe they have a strong defense, and I think that's something to keep an eye on. As we go forward in the year, the Hmm. same way I felt about Tennessee and Tennessee got spanked by Arizona. That was my lock in week one. And it was a lock same problem here. I don't know if Buffalo can can withstand and hold up with that defense over time. Now, two ways to look at this game. Is it an immediate bounce back for a team that still has a great offense, right? We're not we're not getting off that Josh Allen still going to be there at the end of the year in the Pro Bowl discussion. Stephon Diggs is going to bounce back. Singletary looked good, right? Obviously Moss looks bad, but Singletary looks good. So that was a plus for them. Dawson Knox did a little bit. Emmanuel Sanders, Beasley, a lot of guys got involved. So the offense is fine. We're not worried about that. The question here is, do they bounce back with that offense and just say, okay, here we are, we're back. We're going to get back into first place eventually in a couple of weeks and it's our division. Or is it a sleepy start overall? Miami's only at 24% in this game. You know, I like the toughness for Miami. They showed it in week one. New England's not the old New England where every time there's a close game, they would win it, right? That's not the case anymore. Tua and the boys really more on the defensive side and also running the ball with Miles Gaskin. They put the hammer down enough physicality to win that game in week one. I got to tell you, 24% on a home dog, Miami. I'm taking Miami in this game to cover the spread.
0: I can't see Buffalo going on two. I, I just I can't I can't see it. Not against Miami, not against Tua. I, you know, I love Tua, but I just think that he makes those uh, or still an unveteran uh, mistake or two left in his old throwing arm. You know what I mean? He just he just does that. He, a couple of times on Sunday, I was going Tua. Tua and I, I don't even know if they're play if they're if they're calling plays for a left-handed quarterback. I don't know that they're doing that all the time because the way I watch Tua try to run around out there. And I don't know that Tua is athletic as he thinks he is. I, I think he's a little bit more athletic than maybe the you know Matt Ryan's of the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I don't think he's athletic as he thinks he is, and it puts himself in compromising positions. That's
1: yeah, I he's think. gotta be careful with that. But remember, Will Fuller is back this week. He was suspended for game one, and that's oh, a key well. guy. He spent a lot yeah. of money on Will Fuller and, and Will Fuller is one of those guys that when he is healthy, he probably is in the top 25 or 30 wide receivers in the game. The problem is, if you consider the whole package of the player, he never even plays half the year, right? For the most part. So, you know, they, he'll be out there this week though. And that's going to help Tua. They're going to have Devante Parker. Of course, they're going to have Gasicki out there. And what I like about Miami is they could protect Tua with the three running backs because they have Gaskin, because they have Malcolm Brown and Salvan Ahmed. All three of those guys are good enough that you can share the touches and try to take some of the pressure off to us. So the, the bet in this game for me is Miami's grind as a team on both sides of the ball. This is a, this is like an under and a grind win for Miami. They maybe, I don't know, maybe they won't win the game, right? But they are going to cover the spread.
0: The New England Patriots take on your New York Jets. The New England Patriots started out as four-point favorites. The line has moved, and the Patriots are now five-and-a-half-point favorites. The game total has stayed the same at forty-two and a half, our second-lowest-point total of the week, John. I don't know if it necessarily is deserving of that uh, low-point total, but I know this. Mm-hmm. Your New York Jets did not quit. They had some opening game jitters, I think, a little bit last week. Mm-hmm. They were a little bit nervous heading into the game. You know, old Zach Wilson's first game. His mom was out there. He could hear his mom yelling at him and everything. I think the New England Patriots played very well. Uh, they got a bad taste in their mouth because of that fumble. But I could see the New York Jets covering this five and a half points. I think this game is going to stay close. I think it's either they can get cover that game at the end, or this game is just close. Punch them out just like the Patriots had last week.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, this is the first lock. I mean, the lock hit, the two locks last week, right? Remember, we recorded on Tuesday. So I just barely got in under the wire there with the Jets. The Jets were five and a half point underdogs and lost by five. So if you took it at that time, you sweated it out, but they did cover it. And the other lock was Arizona. So I went 2-0 and o on those locks from last week. Also mentioned on the show with Aaron Torres that we did. Here, it's 87% on New England, right? And that, Ooh. like we said, that line's going up giving the Jets a little bit more cushion. Again, we have a home dog, right? A home underdog yeah. getting a lot of points. And I'll tell you, both quarterbacks showed some good things, right? If you go to my article from today on Aratores Online, Mac Jones, he didn't turn the ball over right passing. There were no passing interceptions. One touchdown, they were efficient. Dumping the ball off quick, trying to avoid the sacks, etc. Zach Wilson had a rough middle stretch of the game. But like you said, there were jitters from other players that were hurting the team. That's the rookies. Elijah Moore in the slot was terrible. Michael Carter, the the rookie running back, was terrible. So that didn't help Wilson. Wilson had less jitters than those guys. So at 13%, it's a no-brainer because you're getting points. It's a home game. Like you said, they showed moxie. They showed toughness. They came back. They played hard down the stretch. You know, like I said, every week we like to pick one game where possibly you'll get the underdog to win it straight up. I do think the Jets could possibly win this game straight up at home. They're absolutely going to cover the spread, so I take the Jets.
0: Okay, we agree on your Jets. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for you, John. All right, hey, this one, this one, you, the public line again is all on the road team. The mm-hmm. home team is getting points. The, mm-hmm. uh, San Francisco is going into Philadelphia. They started out at four points. This line has dropped a little bit already to three and a half points on San Francisco. The This game total, though, went from 45 and a half and has shot all the way up to 50. John, that, you know, that puts it at one of the lower scoring games of the week at 45 and a half up to the 50 point threshold where it makes it one of the more uh, 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 highest point totals of the week, most likely. So this one is really curious. I'm, I'm really curious as to what Uncle Johnny is going to tell me that he thinks in this game.
1: Well, I can tell you one thing. You come to pick and pigskin winners because we're going to analyze the lines, not just the players. Mm. And we specifically pointed out that the juice was on the over. For the Eagles before the season. And we were like, from a tactical standpoint, how does that make sense? Why is it minus 140 for the Eagles to hit their over? And that's when you know something is up, right? And they showed it in week one. The Eagles got a lot to bring, right? They're happy Peterson is gone. They had their one championship with Peterson. It started to go downhill from there. They're happy to have a change, and things are looking sharp. Devonta Smith, your boy, came out looking sharp right out the gate. Rieger had a decent game. Goddard was there. Miles Sanders is there. Uh, they mixed in a rookie in the backfield as well. So, I mean, I think this team has a lot to show. Again, 21% right now on Philadelphia. Yeah. Home dog. The line dropped a half a point, right? All of the betting indicators are saying Philly's the team here. The only problem is, is San Francisco going to come out with a message that we're not going to blow any games anymore like we did last week. Sure, they got the win, but they, that was an embarrassing second half performance, especially yeah. the fourth quarter defensively for San Francisco. So that's my only concern is San Francisco saying we're going to write the ship and we're going to send a message. But from betting perspective at 21%, the line dropping and Philadelphia definitely being a surprise team on the whole, I have to take the Eagles in this game with the spread.
0: Yeah, if that if that game total keeps going over and over and over, if it goes to if it goes to 53 or 54, you're going to have to take the under in this game. The with the way it started out at 45 and a half. I like that I'm actually getting some more points with San Francisco here. Uh, Philadelphia played very aggressive. It was against the Atlanta Falcons, but they played very aggressive. And I think that San Francisco's the kind of team that can use that to their advantage. You know, if they get a team leaning to the left, they'll always go to the right. You know, that's just how San Francisco is. And I think that they're crafty enough and the coaching staff is good enough to be able to exploit some of that aggressiveness that Philadelphia had last week. But man, they sure, Philadelphia sure did look good. I will take San Francisco this week. I'm hoping that point total will go down a little bit more. But even if it doesn't, I think San Francisco will be able to cover that. And, and simply like you said, it's, it's because of the wake-up call they got at the end of the game last week.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that was a mess, right? Uh, is that a shock? I mean, I, I got to tell you, one of my teams, I had an easy win in fantasy, but I benched Jared Goff and it was a two-quarterback league. I'm like, I'm not going to play Jared Goff against the San Francisco <laughs> defense. He's, I mean, I, like, I liked him in fantasy for the exact reason what we saw, which is garbage time. But who knew that he could do that against that yep. defense that quickly? I mean, you're talking about marching a team up the field in four throws. This guy was carving up the field. So who knew? So, I mean, that was a wake-up call for San Francisco's defense. The only problem is Philadelphia is like Houston. Nobody was talking about Philadelphia before the season except us. I, I, didn't, I didn't hear a single show talking about Philly as a surprise team. So the fact that they have that chip uh, and they have a lot of young guys that are hungry playing very fast, uh, I got to stick with Philly at 21% in this game. That's my play against the spread. Okay.
0: All right, hey, you got the Las Vegas Raiders, and I believe I believe that they're tight end. Who's their tight end? Darren Waller. yeah, Waller. I I kept thinking Waddle. I kept th- I kept thinking about my guy Waddle. That's but, your uh,
1: yeah, that's your Dolphins and your yeah. uh, your Alabama yeah. guys.
0: Yeah, yeah. But Waller, uh, I think he got a hundred and ninety targets this past Monday night. So I don't know if he's got anything left in him or not, but uh, uh, you got the Las Vegas Raiders going to Pittsburgh who ended up winning a Buffalo last week. This game total has dropped down to 48. It started at 49. It stopped, dropped down to 48, but the Pittsburgh Steelers are still the favorite team by five and a half points. John, I, I, I I gotta take Pittsburgh. I, I gotta take Pittsburgh. I, I, to me, the Baltimore Raven offense is just put together with bandages right now at this point. And Lamar Jackson, I'm never impressed by him as a quarterback. As a runner, he's fantastic. But as a quarterback thing, I still just see him taking too long to get the ball out of his hand. He doesn't make the right. I just, I'm not impressed by him. I think Pittsburgh is a much more talented offense. And at some point last night during the football game, I thought, man, the Ravens have got this in the bag. I think Pittsburgh's going to put this in the bag and they're going to wrap it up in a nice little bow and, and just present it to the Las Vegas Raiders on a silver platter.
1: Wow, there's so many things to discuss in this game. This game is really interesting, actually. First of all, shout out to my best man, Jimmy Kelly, who said to me, if you've ever seen The Irishman with Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, a bunch of those guys, Martin Scorsese movie from a couple of years ago, they used aging technology on these guys to try to make them seem younger uh, in, in some of the scenes. Really? And there was a scene where Robert De Niro was supposed to be a young man beating up somebody, and he looked like he was 100 years old. Well, yeah. Jimmy Kelly, back where we started... Referenced him as Ben Roethlisberger in the game on Sunday. So yeah, the Steeler, the Steelers won. The Steelers pulled it out, and they they did what they had to do. But specifically, Roethlisberger looked like he was getting old really fast, Mm. and that's something to keep an eye on. That's that's a serious comment. I mean, when a guy looks rickety like that, you got to be concerned. So that's not my only reason for taking the Raiders in this game, but it's something to keep in mind because that Raiders D had some speed, right? Now it maybe it was the energy. It might have been the energy of the crowd. Remember Las Vegas. It's their second year there, but they had no fans last year because of COVID, so that crowd was out of control raucous last night. That was an awesome game, so maybe they were getting energy from them, but I got to shout out Max Crosby, who I also shouted out on Twitter. He was the second best defensive player I saw all week other than Chandler Jones with Arizona, so I think if you get that pressure defensively and you multiply that against Roethlisberger looking old and aging fast now. In this possibly last season of his career, it's forty-four percent on the Raiders. I like the fact that they got Brian Edwards involved,
0: the sophomore wide receiver. I'm going to take the Raiders to cover the spread here on the road. Okay, all right, that's fine. We can go battle to battle, mono we mono. If we ever see each other, John, you may owe me a cup of coffee when the Pittsburgh Steelers win this game. Okay, that's what I. That's you may owe me a cup of. Coffee. Oh, you a cup of coffee? I, I, do I have to bring up the records from last week, or should I not even bother? Oh, it doesn't matter, John. What last <laughs> week was? You, the past is for losers and cowards. All right, that, <laughs> we are living in the present, and it's a gift to us. All right, that's what, I was sick yeah. as a dog last week, John. I was, you know, I, but I took some Claritin. Claritin and coffee has done wonders for me.
1: The so clar- the Claritin, the Claritin cleared up your mind as well.
0: Well, I don't know about that, but I, I do know that it's cleared enough, enough, cleared it up enough <laughs> to to look at this Minnesota and Arizona Cardinal game. This game started out at 49 and a half. The game total has jumped up to 51 by DraftKings Sportsbook. Arizona was favored by two and a half points. Now DraftKings puts them at favorites by four and a half points, John. Almost. I mean, that's, that's getting real close to the five point area. I know I'm, I'm real good at math. But I mean, that's getting real close <laughs> to five and five and above. But you know what I saw last week? What did you was say? Kyler Murray was like a cheat code out there. There were times when he was going to look like he was going to run forward, and then he started running backwards. It looked like I was playing the old Tech Bowl, bo Jackson game where you could just run around people left and right, left <laughs> and right. And that's what Kyler Murray was – and then he threw the ball, and he completed the pass. The kid is outstanding. The kid is wonderful. And I think if Cincinnati lit up Minnesota like they did on some big plays, Arizona is going to do that two times at least throughout this game. And I'm going to take Arizona and the four-and-a-half points – or I'm giving bl- up, up four-and-a-half points.
1: You're giving up four and a half. Would you believe that we're in week two and this is a critical game for the context of the entire league, right? Wow. Who who would have thought that Minnesota, Arizona in week two would be such a huge game in the landscape of the NFL? And let me tell you why. This will be the game where we find out if Arizona is a Super Bowl contender. Hmm. Second week of the year, 74% on Arizona, which means we probably should just take Minnesota because we mm-hmm. knew everyone would be hot on Arizona after their performance in week one. However, I feel like they've been cooking in that kitchen there with a lot of tricky stuff. Kingsbury, Murray, Hopkins, A.J. Green came out, distracted some guys. Christian Kirk looked like he did in the second half. Edmonds, who we called out last week, had a solid game. Uh, Buda Baker there as a big leader defensively. Chandler Jones, five sacks. I think this team is really putting together like a whirlwind, a big storm coming, a tornado. So I am actually gonna take them with 74% on them and the line going up from two and a half to four and a half, I will take Arizona to make a statement that says you probably should take Minnesota from a betting perspective. But right. Arizona is so darn good on both sides of the ball, and they're a big surprise team here in terms of a Super Bowl contender. They might blow the doors off Minnesota. I'm taking Arizona.
0: Would you take Arizona if they were giving up five and a half?
1: Yes, I, I would take I would take Arizona in this game up to nine. Because I'm going to take, take Arizona to win it by 10. That's that's my call in this game. Are you, you going to buy, like, four points or something for the game? Nine points, John. That is a lot of points. Yep. All yep. Right? This is a statement game. Billy, really, second week of the year, two teams that you wouldn't have thought about, really, in this discussion, this early in the year. If they can beat that 74% number, right, because they probably shouldn't cover. If they can come out and blow the doors off Minnesota, they're a real Super Bowl contender, and I think they're going to do it.
0: This next game. Uh, it- Atlanta came out on Sunday and impressed Vegas so much. This game started out as Tampa Bay being eight and a half point favorites. Tampa Bay is now 12-point favorites, according to DraftKings Sportsbook. The game total stayed the same, though. It's at 52. It's at 52. John, Atlanta looked terrible. You talk about an aging quarterback. Matt Ryan just looked atrocious out there. I know Philadelphia looked great, but I don't know if it was because of the attrition that Atlanta had or because of what, how Philadelphia was playing, but, but Atlanta looked terrible. And and Tampa Bay looked really, really good. They almost lost that game. You know they're going to play at a peak performance each and every week. There's no more flat games for Tampa Bay, I don't think, this season. I got I got, I got got uh, Tom Brady being MVP of the year this year. I I just think he's going to be able to do that week in and week out. No running game in Tampa Bay right now anyway. So I think that uh, we're going to have a lot of votes early on for Tom Brady, and he's just going to be able to keep them – I'm gonna go ahead and pick Tampa Bay until mm-hmm. until Atlanta proves me wrong. I gotta I gotta go against them every time. That's this one li- hit
1: me. This one hit me like a lightning bolt. It just came to me like a vision. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be up by 17, and that Ryan will drive the Falcons down when Tampa Bay doesn't care, and they will score the touchdown, and they will get the extra point, and the Falcons will lose this game by 10 points, which will cover the new spread. So the initial line was good. Now that it's at 12, that's too high. For the backdoor Falcons, who that's that's what they're known for. They're yeah. garbage time specialty since since they've been to the Super Bowl, which was years ago now. That they've been more of a garbage time team than anything else. So this it, the first thing I saw when I saw this game was number one, Wes is going to take Tampa Bay without a doubt. I don't even have to think twice about it. He's going to tell me how bad Atlanta is, which is exactly what you did. And Atlanta's going to be bad, but Tampa Bay don't care. They don't care to beat them by 30. They're not going to run it up like that. They're going to be up by 17. They're going to be cruising. The guys are going to be laughing on the sideline. No one's going to be paying attention. And Matt Ryan's going to hit Calvin Ridley for a touchdown. Falcons are going to lose by 10. They're going to cover the spread.
0: Well, I hope so, because Ridley's on my on a lot of my fantasy squads. And I think he put up like seven points last week or something like yeah, that. So you're going to get that.
1: No, you're going to get that touchdown. Guaranteed Calvin Ridley touchdown this week.
0: Okay. Well, I, the one thing I like about this game... Is the under. I do like the under in this game. The point total was at 52, and yes, Tampa Bay may get 48, but I don't think Atlanta's going to get any. So I think I like the under on that one. (laughs) Hey, the Dallas Cowboys versus the Los Angeles Chargers, shoot out. Can we we call this one a shoot out? It started at 52. The game total has started to go up at 55 and a half already. This thing might reach 70 before the weekend, John. It might reach 70. The Chargers were favored by one and a half, and now they are favored by three. John, I Dallas looked so good against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I bought into some of that you know, preseason hype of Dak Prescott's got a hurt arm. Dak Prescott's ankle's not healing properly. I was believing some of that. Ezekiel Elliott, man, Ezekiel Elliott's going to carry the team. None of it happened. All the preseason <laughs> hype was terrible. Why did I believe the news? That's why I don't read fake news, John fake news. I have taken mm. Dallas in this one. They looked great. Give me the Cowboys and give me three points. I'm so happy that you're so excited about taking Dallas because I'm pretty
1: confident that the Chargers are one of the best picks on the board. <laughs> that, that's what I, I, I'm so, It was such like a, an exuberant explanation of the Cowboys. And let me tell you exactly what's going on. Let me, let me give you the real analysis as opposed to West going off the handles, which was very enjoyable. The real analysis is when you play the Washington defense, which is probably in the top six or seven, possibly right. in the top five, and then you go against this Dallas defense, that field looks wide open. Justin Herbert's going to have a field day. He's going to light it up. He's going to light the Cowboys up. Now, very happy for Prescott. Very happy for their fans that everybody looked okay, but you forgot about the big loss, Michael Gallup. That changes the whole team. Michael Gallup's not the best receiver on this team, but when you have to match up against Gallup, Cooper, and C D Lamb, That's twisting your head around on defense. That's making your head spin. You take Gallup out of the equation now, you got a little bit more attention on Lamb and Cooper, you could shrink things up a little bit. You know what I mean? Just make it a little bit more difficult on Dallas. So the Chargers are going to love going against Dallas' defense, whereas Dallas is going to have to adjust to not having one of their top weapons, especially a guy who takes the top off the defense and is a good guy in the red zone and Gallup. So And after all that, only 39% on the Chargers in a home game. So everything lines up for me. To take the charges in this game. Okay.
0: All right. And if the public money starts coming in in the 70s on Dallas, mm-hmm. you know, 70, 75, if, if you guys look at that and, and you see everybody run, I would probably run over to the Chargers myself. when if I saw mm-hmm. the public at 75 on something like that, because both teams are just going to be able to put up so many points. I do think whoever holds the ball last will probably end up winning that game. I just like the points. I like the points in this one more than anything else in a shootout.
1: Got gotcha. you. Understand. Right. I, I, I'm just happy for Prescott. I mean, I, I love yes. the guy. He's just yes. he just wants to be out there. He loves football. He had a lot of energy. He was on his game. So I'm happy for him. But it's it, it's screaming Chargers to me as a
0: win. Tennessee versus Seattle. This game started out at 49 points. Tennessee didn't do anything on offense to impress us. I don't think mm-hmm. on Sunday. But the game total jumped up to 54. 54. Seattle were, th- were three and a half point favorites to start it out. DraftKings Sportsbook has them at five point favorites this week john I, I i like your analysis for some of the games before and i had already applied it to this tennessee game whenever mm-hmm. i saw this and and seattle's one of these teams too that like to grind it out grind it out you know they like to keep the clock running and they, they they don't like to make mistakes i know they got some big plays here and there and all that stuff but they like to sucker you in with that underneath stuff and then go with a big locket pass mm-hmm. but Tennessee, man, they're going to get back to Derrick Henry football. They're going, to, they're going to grind that thing out. They're going to milk that clock. I love the under in this game more than anything. That point total is at 54. It went up from 49. I love the under in this, and I think it's going to keep going up.
1: Yeah, it might. I got to tell you, you know, every week I talk about games you got to throw in the trash and don't even look twice at it. This is mm-hmm. one of them, because I, if you had asked me, usually, you know, I, without even looking at the percentages, I can tell where the public's going to be. I would have thought it would be 70% on Seattle already, as bad as Tennessee was in week one. Mm -hmm. I'm shocked that it's 52-48. So this game is the most confusing game that we've seen so far. Uh, I want to take Tennessee to bounce back, but it's only 52 on Seattle in a home game, and the line is jumping up, which means they might win this game by a touchdown. Uh, Maybe Tennessee's going to be bad. Maybe, maybe the whole thing is a conspiracy. Like West likes to say, maybe the Houston Texans think they can win this division because (laughs) Tennessee is a mirage. What do you think about that?
0: Uh, Yeah, it may be.
1: It could be. So, I mean, look at it this way, actually, if you really look at that division, because we like to give people a full scope of the league, Indianapolis is banged up and they look shaky. Jacksonville is awful. So really it could hypothetically be Tennessee and the Texans down to the wire. It's possible in that division. That being said, Tennessee goes 0-2. That opens things up for Houston. I think Seattle at only 52% in a home game. I think they're going to win this by 7 or 8 points. i got to take Seattle.
0: Uh, I I like the points uh, in there. I like the 5 points. If it keeps going up higher... I, I'm gonna really like it right now. I do have Seattle. I don't think that Tennessee is gonna be able to match the Seattle Seahawks offense. I I, I mm-hmm. don't I didn't see it last week. I don't see it again this week. I don't know what it is. Maybe Julio just jinxes a team. I, I don't I don't know what it is. But uh, I do love the under that one more than anything else. All right, Kansas City at Baltimore. This game started out as Kansas City being favored by one point. Now it's at three-and-a-half points, favorite Kansas City Chiefs. The Baltimore Ravens, uh, this whole game total started out at 51. Now it's at 54-and-a-half, John. I don't know why the point total went up in this one at all. Once again, Baltimore doesn't impress me on offense. Uh, if anything, they maybe think that this one might not get to 50.
1: This is a brutal game because it, you know you want to take the Chiefs, right? I mean, yeah. it's, that's like a given. You look at this, the way Baltimore was shaky, you know, you look at these things in context and logic, Baltimore was shaky against the Raiders and the Raiders shouldn't really be a real team, but you can't think about betting that way, right? That's pick picking pigskin winners at legend sports seven at loafing it. You cannot just look at the players and look at the names of the teams and say, this is the way it is because that's not how it is. Otherwise you'd win all your bets, right? So I have to take right now at 15% on the Ravens. I have to take the Ravens, and I'll tell you why. It goes wow. back to the energy of the crowd in that Raiders game last night. That was very disorienting. It was so loud. It was hard to hear the signals. Max Crosby played out of this world, one of the best games we're going to see all year from a defensive player. Kansas City is not going to have the same energy yeah, that they had against really. Cleveland because Kansas City wanted to make sure Cleveland wasn't making a statement about this conference, right? Cleveland came in saying we didn't we didn't take care of business and close that game in the playoffs against KC. This is our chance to come in and say, you know what? The Cleveland Browns are the best team on both sides of the ball. So that's what they brought into their game against Kansas City. And you think they didn't know that was coming? Andy Reid, enemy, the whole gang, they knew. They knew that was coming. So they matched them energy for energy and at the end of the day the Chiefs came out on top once again. That's not going to happen here. KC's going to say, wait a minute, Baltimore, they lost to the Raiders. What we got nothing to worry about. There's nothing to worry about here. We're going to coast along. So fifteen percent, everyone's thinking Chiefs, I'm taking Baltimore.
0: I'm going to take Kansas City. I like the players. I yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying. Yeah, we, right. we look at a lot more things, but I just look at the Kansas City side of things, and they are so much more uh, offensively than what the Baltimore Ravens are. I don't know how Baltimore is going to be able to score over 28 points, and I think that the, even I know the Baltimore defense is the Baltimore defense, but I think Kansas City will be able to win this one. Three and a half, John. Three and a half is not a lot for Kansas City at all. I, just, I like
1: this, this game is reeling you in. I mean, look, totally logically I agree, but I don't bet that way. Right, I, I, I don't make my picks based on logic, and and if I did, I would take the Chiefs, but I'm not. I'm taking Baltimore.
0: <laughs> the last one, this game couldn't make me happier. I, you know, I, seeing Aaron Rodgers struggle last week, I just sat there with a big smile on my face. I knew my Bears were going against the Rams. We had a you know a long shot to be able to win that game, but I'm watching Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, <laughs> you know who he is. He was he? he he is the opposite of Tom Brady. Yeah, Todd Brady, he's an old-seasoned veteran, but he's style and a profile. You know, he's got the nice hair and everything. He's sharp. He's a million-dollar man. And here's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it's Aaron Rodgers is exact opposite of Tom Brady right now, and and he's playing like it. They played terrible. And this game total is at 48 points right now, Detroit versus Green Bay. Green Bay was favored by 10. Now Green Bay Packers are favored by 11. John, I don't— I, I don't know I would like to crumble this one up and throw it in the trash because I don't know what to think I know Detroit's not as good as the last two minutes of the ball game last week uh, but I don't think that Green Bay looked impressive at all is is Aaron Rodgers just trying to sabotage the Green Bay
1: Packers John yeah you know what I'm glad we have a little bit of time left right we got it we got at least seven eight minutes to talk about this game and it's interesting that it's the last game on the schedule and it's one of the most important stories in the league Um, I gotta tell you Aaron Rodgers has never not cared about turning the ball over. Aaron Rodgers is a perfectionist. Hmm. This guy, he, he, I've seen him take losses, take losses for his team at the end of the game where he could have pushed the ball downfield because he didn't want to get an interception on his record. Now, all of a sudden, he'll just throw the ball into triple coverage and just kind of shrug his shoulders and take a pick. Something is, I mean, we knew there was a lot going on behind the scenes, but to take $42 million and play like that is astonishing to me. So I, I'm very concerned. I was half joking, but like Aaron Rodgers to the Giants kind of makes sense. What do you think about that as a possibility?
0: Wow. <laughs> where, where did that come from? That just came out of the blue. Aaron Gi- Rodgers to the Giants. I I, I don't. Uh, OK, you want conspiracy West to enter the building. That is yes, fine. That's last, why I asked. Last week, I remember watching a replay of uh, the Packers and Saints game. And one of the things the commentators pointed out is Aaron Rodgers Never does this down here at the goal line. He is always anticipating where the runner or where the wide receiver is going to be, but you could see his head looking over in this direction. He usually targets Devontae Adams left and right, and now he is targeting nobody on the right, and now he looks back to the left and he just kind of flicks his hand in the air. And, and it, the way he pointed that out, I was going, oh, he's sabotaging this. Maybe he does want out. Maybe he really wants to to stick it to him. He seems like that kind of guy, John. I'm not going to – fine. I'll, Giants, yeah, he, he could like the Giants.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's a fairy tale, right? It probably won't happen, but it's just interesting because the Giants have to know. I know it's only one game, but we've seen enough. The Giants have to know they can't win with Daniel Jones, Ooh. right? Uh, unless they're delusional and they're, and they're selling themselves on an idea that has no hope. Uh, they have to know, right. Yeah. And yeah. green Bay, if this happens again, if it's a repeat performance from Rogers, they got to do something. You can't just let somebody tank you. Right. And I could see Rogers, it, it's, it's never going to happen, but it's just a nice idea. I could see Rogers going to a Giants and, and lighting a fire under that team and, and running away with that division because that division's still open for the taking. It's only the second week of the year. However, anyway, let's get back to this game, Detroit. I think they know there's blood in the water, right? It's a road game. People are going to be watching. Big national television game. They showed a lot of spunk. They're going to come in with double the energy, right, which is we are going to sell our players on the fact that we were hot to end last game. They're going to tell the guys, we're hot. We, we just started to get everything clicking. We're going to take that into this game against Green Bay. And guess what? Green Bay is ready to lay down for us too. And it's a division game. So we have three reasons to bring the energy and take this game. Detroit's going to think they can win this game. I don't think they will right? Because I I don't think Rodgers is willing to embarrass himself on national TV as much as we talked about the situation. However, I do think Detroit's going to have the energy. Dan Campbell and Goff are going to be leaders for this team in this game. I do think they're going to hang around, hang around, hang around. And what's going to happen is Rodgers is going to put his foot down at the end of the game and say, all right, enough messing around. We're not losing to the Detroit Lions. I'm just messing with everybody. Chill. Remember when he did chill? He's Mm going to do chill again. He's going to tell everybody to chillax and relax. So the the Packers will win this game by six ish, and Detroit will cover the spread.
0: And this is at home. You know what I mean? This is this is in front of his fans. This is this is who Green. Yeah, this is what Green Bay football is. I do. I did. I, 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 like I said, I wish I could throw this game out. I don't, I don't want to pick it, but we pick every game here. I'm picking pick skin winners, right or wrong. We try to give you all the right ones, of course, but we're going to pick them no matter what. We're not going to take the easy way out and say, I'm not picking this game. We're going to pick it. And I picked the Detroit Lions to cover the spread. I I want Green Bay to, I think Green Bay is going to end up winning, but I picked Detroit to cover that spread just because they didn't lay down last week. I think, once again, they're not going to lay down this week. And uh, let's just say this the Detroit running backs played very, very well last week. And I'm not, all that impressed by the Green Bay Packers run defense over not only this year but the last couple of years so uh, well, who
1: knew who knew that the Lions had weapons right that's something that you didn't expect both of those well first of all those guys we know they can play we know Swift and Williams could play at the running back position but who knew they'd be able to incorporate that with TJ Hawkinson and Amon Ra the young wide receiver that's four guys that you could do some damage with so Detroit is a sleeper team and by the way I did take their over before the season so I do think over the course of the year they're going to surprise some people
0: OK, so you got you got who to cover the spread or where, where are you taking? That? I have
1: Detroit. I'm taking Detroit to cover the spread. Packers win it by six. Rodgers takes control in the last five minutes to win the game. He's not worried about the spread. Detroit will cover the spread.
0: OK, that sounds good, John. Hey, this is pick and pickets, and quitting and winners here on NFL week. Number two, John, did you give your did you give your locks yet?
1: No, I did not get my locks. Thank you for reminding me, my friend. Uh, I like the Raiders. Right. Oh. Given what we saw from them. With their energy on defense, which we weren't expecting, and the fact that Pittsburgh was riding high after a big upset win over Buffalo, I think that's going to even itself out. So I like the Raiders to cover the spread there in that game. That's definitely one. The Jets at 13% in a home game with two rookies going against each other, you're getting a great value there, right? So I, I definitely think the Jets are my second one. And I got to tell you, if I that's definitely my top two. But if I have to pick three, you know where I'm leaning. It's the Chargers. Uh, I think that after going against Washington's defense, it's going to be nice and easy for them against Dallas's defense. So those are my top three picks for this week.
0: Would you like to know my breadwinners? Absolutely, I would of course. <laughs> well, I'm I'm in the mood this week. Last week I thought I was in no condition to pick anything properly, but this week I do love the over in that New York Giant Washington game. In case unless there's some inclement weather that I haven't seen, I, I I love the over in that. It's only forty and a half right now, starting out at forty three. So I think that we're going to be able to find the over pretty easily on that one. I could be completely wrong, but I don't think I am. Other uh, under, I love the under in the Houston Cleveland game, John. It's at forty eight and a half. I, uh, ground and pound teams. Is what these are. This clock is going to be running left and right, left and right. 48 and a half is a high point total for two teams that love to run it up and down the field. I also love those Bengals to defeat my Bears by uh, plenty of points they're getting points this week i i have no doubt so you, you you laughed because you know that i can't pick the bears game necessarily always on point and i'm just always like oh these guys are trash these guys are in the toilet but i like the cincinnati Bengals and they're firing off i also like the under atlanta and tampa and i also like the under in tennessee and seattle so there well, listen
1: uh, listen partner you went six and ten last week but you did get the bears game right so well, I'm I'm with you. If you're if you're telling me Cincinnati's going to blow the doors off them, I'm, I'm on Cincinnati too, partner.
0: All right. Hey, you've been listening to Pick and Pick Skin Wears. Hey, winners here on the Aaron Torres Media. Don't forget to check out aarontorresonline Make sure that is bookmarked on your computer. Bookmark it on your phone. Make it a regular daily habit. People like Austin Montgomery are writing over there. J B Barry writing over there. John Frisella himself has got articles dropping left and right over there. And the boss, Aaron Torres, also writes, puts out a podcast. And John, it is just great to watch how AaronTorresOnline.com is growing each and every week. Don't forget to follow John Frisella on Twitter at Sports 7 You can follow me as well at LoafingIt on Twitter. But more importantly than all those other things, you pick and pick skin winter fans, we want to encourage you to find a way to go out and make a positive impact in somebody's life today.